Hey folks, welcome back to Life, Leather, and Lilith. This is your host, Lilith Sintel. Uh, and fair warning, my roommate is in the room with me right now, so if I start giggling or, or acting up, it's because sometimes they make funny faces at me. Uh, and unfortunately, I can't get them to guest star with me today, so if you would like that to be a thing, please leave a comment so they know that that needs to be a thing. And I'm getting eyeballs right now, and I love it. Uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, a question that I got in a, in a group chat the other day. Um, this, this lady and her husband, partner, I'm not really sure of their relationship, I know they switch, uh, had said that she doesn't always feel like she is dominant enough uh, during playtime. And, and that, that sparked an interesting question with me, uh, and, I, and I asked her, I was like, just, just out of your opinion, like what exactly makes one dominant enough? Uh, and then, and then we had a good talk, and some I had some ideas out of it, and I just I wanted to expound on some of that today. Um, so we've we've all heard the uh, about the fake doms, right? And these are the these are the people that come in to your your FetLife account or hit you up on Facebook dating or an app like that, and they start immediately demanding stuff. And it's unfortunately it's usually men. Uh, but they start demanding stuff. They want to see pictures. They want to see, uh, they want to see nudes. They want you to do stuff. And it's, they have this little title connected to their name. So they, they think that they're entitled to that sort of stuff. And I, I think it goes without saying that everybody knows that those aren't dominance. Like we call them the fake doms for a reason, but I, I think that that's a, a good place to highlight the cliche of what not to do. Um, now to, to actually redirect and actually address the question at hand, what does make somebody dominant enough? And unfortunately, that's like most, most questions in the BDSM world, that's, it's not a simple answer. There's, there's no, like, yes, there's books out there that will tell you how to master a slave or dominate a submissive or, you know, the proper way to beat somebody. We've all gone to classes and been shown, like, how you have to do certain things. But but in our lifestyle, there's really no, like, one true way to do anything. And that also applies to DS relationships. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people, particularly when they're new, it's, it's really easy to see the, the porn-style dominatrices, right? So it's this woman that's clad in latex or PVC or rubber, uh, she's got the long whip that's usually store-bought and crappy, but, like, it it sends a message. And she's got this man at her feet who's kissing her boots, and they do kinky shit. Then they have sex, and she calls him, like, scum and all this. And, like, it's it's very, very powerful. And, like, there's a time and a place for that. But is that realistic for everybody? Absolutely not. Uh, a lot of... A lot of what we fantasize about comes from really good photography uh, that sets moods. Uh, you see the guy in a business suit uh, looking down at the girl who looks like she's in, you know, business suit lingerie. And, you know, he's holding her chin. And it's a lot of that stuff is great, but a lot of times we, we don't really associate the fact that that's a photographer setting up a shot create that fantasy look uh truth be told uh, a lot about dominance uh comes down to their their core values and i'll expound on that a little bit later 
But the reality is that to be dominant enough, it really comes down to your style. And there, there are different styles of, of dominance. Um, the, the obvious one, of course, is, again, the, the, the pro-dom, the dominatrix, the, the really hardcore, like, asshole in the scene. And, again, there's, there's a time and a place for that, but that doesn't always reflect into the relationship itself. Uh, on the opposite end of that spectrum, we have what we would typically call, like, the daddy-dom or the mommy-dom. Or as, or as I've seen sometimes recently more put for the people who are kind of outside the DDLG bracket but still fall like into the nurturing side, like the soft dom. And, and I kind of fall into that where like I want to nurture you and guide you and build you up. I want to praise you. I want to tell you how proud I am of you. Uh, I, I still want structure and rules, but I want those things to be positive influences in your life. I want to tell you, hey, uh, are you drinking enough water today? Uh, I got a partner that harps on me about how much water I drink all the time. And I roll my eyes and I say some stupid thing and then I go get a glass of water. Uh, like finish your college degrees. Like I'm the nurturing type of dominant. Um, there are doms who strictly in the bedroom. The people who want to sexually control somebody, uh, the people who are into orgasm control, the people who do the play specifically for the sex. Uh, we, again, in the lifestyle, we a lot of times say that it's not about the sex, but for a lot of people, it's about the sex, and that's okay. Uh, that's a style. But then, like, those people don't care outside of the bedroom. So there's no, like, 24-7 power exchange there. Uh, and then you have, like, the master-slave types, where it's it's high protocol all the time. There's a lot of rules. There's a written contract. Um, and those relationships, you know, those things are also valid. But no one of those styles is necessarily the right way to be a dominant. The, the important thing is, the important question to ask there more to the point is, is my style of dominance meeting the needs of my submissive? Uh, for instance, if, if I am a partner with a baby girl or a kitten or a baby boy or somebody like that, uh, and they need more of a, a guiding mentorship role where it's, it's mostly watching TV and cuddles and all the soft stuff and the stuffies and the the guiding them through day-to-day -day decisions, but maybe not necessarily cracking down on their behavior all the time. Does my style meet that need? And if if I'm if I'm the type of dominant where I want to be, you know, the hardcore twenty-four-seven old guard leather master, where I want my slave to be kneeling when I walk into the room, then maybe I shouldn't hook up with this baby girl or baby boy just because the energy was right in a scene, right? And that's, I, I talked about that a little bit in my last episode about not making relationship decisions based off of what happened in a scene. Now granted, like, don't ever buy a car without test driving it, but that's, that also like, just because we had fun beating each other doesn't necessarily mean that the way I want to live my life is how you want to live your life. So. Uh, again, to, to reiterate the, the actual answer of being dominant enough, it's 
is my style of dominance compatible with the style of submission that my partner has? Because just like there's no one true way to be a dominant, there's no one way to be a submissive. You have the baby girls who want the soft stuff. You have the high protocol people who want all the rules and the contracts and things like that. Uh, the, the real question isn't, isn't am I being dominant enough for them? It's, is my style compatible with them? And that's compatibility, I think, is more important than any type of image that you're trying to project. Uh, because images are just that. They wear off. Uh, like any uniform you wear to work or an outfit you wear to the club, you eventually take it off. If I am just projecting an image of being something for somebody just because I want to be with them, eventually that image is going to wear off, and then the relationship itself is going to suffer. Now, as far as what I think makes a dominant, and again, this is this is just my opinion, uh, I, I think it, there's, a, there's a few values that kind of are applicable all the way across the board. Uh, the first and foremost is consistency, right? So if I'm, say I'm a dominant, and I, I, I style myself as one, uh, I'm at least a, a switch. Um, I do have submissive partners. Uh, but if I'm going to have rules, or if I'm going to be the one making the decisions, or if I'm the one in control, or I'm literally, by title, the dom or the, the mistress of that situation, I have to be consistent with behavior. And that doesn't mean that every day has to be a good day. For me, consistency means that the the standard of behavior or behaviors or protocols or whatever it is that I'm controlling has to be the same every day. If I establish a, a way of, of having a safe word or a quiet time or a way to get away from everything, it has to be the same every single day. If we're going to have a rule about taking the trash out, if there's exceptions to that rule, great, but those exceptions have to be consistent all the time. So consistency is, is very important. And again, it doesn't mean that you can't have a bad day. It just means that the rules that we're playing by are the same every day. If, if I want you to kneel, or if I get mad at you for not kneeling when I come home today, I have to apply that same exact behavior the next day. Otherwise, I'm doing the submissive a disservice because I'm sending mixed signals. So consistency is very important. You can't have, I, I say you can't, but it's going to happen in any relationship, but you want to minimize the miscommunication and the mixed signals that the other partner gets. Another, another like core value that I look at in dominance is accountability. I think that for any situation that happens, the dominant is ultimately accountable. And does that mean that if the submissive breaks a rule, it's the dom's fault? Or if the submissive is misbehaving, they're a bad dominant? Not necessarily, but anything that happens to that relationship, the dominant is ultimately accountable. You've, you've decided to take control of some of the actions or decisions in another human being's life. So you inherit the consequences of those actions or decisions. So again, if, if part of my role is, is providing, so say I want this person to stay at home 
and they're going to be my 24-7 submissive. They're going to stay home. They're going to clean the house. They're going to have dinner ready when I come home. Uh, I'm going to be the sole monetary provider. Uh, I'm now accountable for making sure this person has enough food to eat. I'm accountable for making sure groceries are in the house. I'm accountable for making sure there's enough money in the account to to pay for the groceries. And and even in situations where I'm not, or like we're not living together. Like the, the reality is that we're all grown men and women, but if, if my submissive doesn't live with me and they lose their job because COVID downsizing or they got laid off or any number of reasons, I'm still responsible for that human being's well-being. I'm still responsible for making sure that they have a place to stay, that they have food to eat. I'm now responsible for coaching them into getting a new job. Um, and, you know, a lot of people might disagree with that. Like, that's that's the submissive's responsibility to, excuse me, to have their life together. But I'm... As their dominant, I feel like it is it is our job to at least make sure that the standard of living that they have is maintained, or at least, like, say they lose their job, that we are providing for them so they don't lose everything, while also holding them accountable to finding their own resources again. I I, I think that's a big deal. I, I also think communication is a big deal. Um, that should go without saying. Communication in BDSM is everything. Uh, whether it's a scene, uh, whether it's sex, uh, consent, obviously. But communication especially is important as a dominant. As, as, as my roommate and I were kind of dry running this earlier, it, it was very big to me that as a dominant, I can never turn off that communication. So, like, right now, I, I don't have a submissive, but I, I do have a, a fairly long-term play partner that I, I try to take good care of. And for, for her, I can't, it, say we just played, at no point is it okay for me to completely cut off communication. She always has to have that line of communication available. I have to be able to be gotten a hold of reasonably quickly at all times of the day. And that's not to say that I need to be married to my cell phone, right? I don't submit to my cell phone device. But if she has a problem and needs to get a hold of me, I can't look at the message and walk away and say it's not my problem. Whether it's play-related or life-related, even if I'm busy, the moment I see the message, I, I owe it to her as my play partner, as a potential submissive, to go, hey, I see the message, I know you need help, Make sure you're in a safe space. Make sure you're protecting yourself. And we'll work through this when work is over or I go on break or I can pull myself away from whatever like adult life responsibility that I have going on at the moment. And and I, I wholeheartedly think that, that that goes in with punishment too. Like we're we're not at that relationship step yet. But but say we had rules and they broke one and, and now I'm deciding that okay well all the friendly conversations going to stop until the until the until the the problem is resolved i don't as a dominant i don't have the ability to shut off communication when there's an actual problem so i still have to give the yeses and the noes and the okays 
and I still have to be willing to listen if the quiet time is becoming emotionally damaging. Um, so again, the communication always has to be open. Uh, it doesn't mean that I have to be able to respond right away, but it does mean that I owe it to them to always get back to them as soon as I can. Um, another thing that I, I think is important for dominance is the ability to know yourself and to know like when it's okay for you to have your own safe words. So like, and this, this goes for play too, but in our lifestyle, a lot of the a lot of the talk about about safe words and quiet time and time off and submission free days where you can do whatever you want. Uh, we talk about those things for the 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 lowercase letters, but we rarely talk about that for dominance. And it's I feel like that's important to know when and if you need that. So as a dom or as a switch rather, I'm. I'm not immune to bad days, right? So I, I work in the restaurant business, and it's kind of close to a fine dining establishment, and we still get a lot of people coming in and out every day, and it gets crazy. And sometimes on Saturday, I have a horrible night. Things don't go right. I get a lot of Karens in the restaurant, or I get big parties, and nobody communicated that to me. Uh, communication breaks down, like things that happen in kitchens happens. And I get really stressed out and I come home and I've had a terrible day. If if I have a submissive or say my, my play partner has reached out to me and like say we were going to have a play date that night or there was there was something else that was going on, I, I have to have the maturity to recognize that I need a break and... I will I will always stand by the fact that like dominance while I can't not communicate with them I have to know when I as a dominant can't fulfill my regular playtime responsibilities with that person. So I I look at it like I would much rather disappoint my my partner than potentially harm them. Um as long as I'm communicating that and I'm keeping that channel of communication open. So those are those are like my big my big things, uh, communication, accountability, consistency, and then knowing yourself enough to quit. Uh, the rest of what makes a dominant goes into the style of dominance that you are. and I can I can certainly go into that later. Uh, and you know what outfit you choose to wear to the club. I, I like the, the pastel goth but cute and approachable look. Uh, some people want the pro-dom look. And, like, those are all styles, but those aren't really, like, core values to me. So, like, that's what I think. Um, if you disagree, feel free to comment. Uh, if you agree, feel free to comment. Um, thanks for listening. That's about all the time I had. And I hope you enjoy it. Have a good night.